This is the Matt Report Podcast, a podcast for WordPress professionals, agencies, freelancers, consultants, users, community members. If you're interested in learning about the business side of WordPress, this is the place to be. If you're interested to have discussions, deep-rooted conversations about the community, where WordPress is going, and the business behind it all, it's mattreport.com. Mattreport.com slash subscribe is the number one way to stay connected. You're listening to Season 5. This episode of The Matt Report is brought to you by Gravity Forms. Gravity Forms was the first commercial plugin I ever purchased for my agency, and I've been a loyal customer ever since. When I see the annual renewal charge come through for Gravity Forms, I don't cringe or second-guess keeping it in our toolkit. I'm a proud customer. Gravity Forms is not only a great example of a successful WordPress product, but a product that helps me become successful at what I do. See, it's more than just forms. It's a survey tool. It's an online payment transaction. It's the cornerstone to automated marketing through their Zapier add-on, and the list goes on. If you're looking for a contact form that's more than a contact form, check out Gravity Forms at gravityforms.com. That's gravityforms.com. What's more important than hitting the right product market fit? It's great customer experience. I grew up in the car industry where the handshake, the presentation, the staff, the environment, the follow-up, everything was all about the experience uh, that we had with our customers and the customers had with us. And I'm trying to uh, re-engineer that for the digital world, and I have been now, actually, I guess, for the last 10 years. Coming up in this episode, we sit down with Bryce Adams of Metric, a WooCommerce SaaS-based analytics platform. It tells you how much money you're making with your WooCommerce store, customer segmentation, engagement, and all that fun stuff. Of course, that's just the flyby, 30,000-foot view. Bryce will certainly talk about that more in this episode with Sam and Corey, and I'm ecstatic. Again, I've been saying this on all the intros to meet these people that I haven't had a chance to talk to, people I've been wanting to talk to, uh, but my new co-host this year having a chance to sit down and bring that great knowledge onto the program. It's mattreport.com slash subscribe. It's the number one way to stay connected. Leave a five-star review if you love stuff like this. We really appreciate it here at the Matt Report Network. Let's get into the show. This episode of The Matt Report is brought to you by Pagely. Pagely, where we help big brands scale WordPress, it's enterprise WordPress hosting in the Amazon cloud. If you're building big, powerful WordPress websites for your clients, you need big, powerful hosting, and Pagely delivers. I use Pagely for my websites and e-commerce shops, so I trust their service, and I have no issues recommending them to you. Look, I only bring on sponsors that I trust. And who else trusts Pagely? Verizon, eBay, Disney, Twitter, and more, you can see that right on the homepage of their website. Pagely is the OG of WordPress managed hosting, and they're innovating the market every single day. If your clients trust you to write scalable code, then trust Pagely to host it for you. Check out pagely.com. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I'm Corey. I'm here with my co-host, Sam. And today we're interviewing Bryce Adams, creator of Metric. We're going to be picking his brain, uh, finding out about 
why great customer experience is important. So in particular, Bryce, thank you for joining us. <laughs> no problem. Uh, we both saw you present at the Post-Status Publish Conference uh, and were absolutely blown away by the presentation of your uh, onboarding. And so we wanted to, to get, into, get into some of the specifics of that with you, kind of as an example of why great customer experience matters. Awesome. Yeah, I appreciate that as well. So, um, it's so definitely, I was just going to add, like I've done a couple of live demos before and they're definitely like probably the scariest thing you can do when you get on stage <laughs> um, at a conference or anything. Uh, so I was really relieved, one, that it went well and two, that you enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and thank you for coming all that way and, and uh, showing off. We appreciated it. <laughs> um, so, so if you would, um, give us a quick summary of uh, what Metaric is and why you built it. Yeah. Um, so like what it is now and, and what it started as at least like, you know, what I intended it to be when, um, when I just put the like, gas on and started, um, they're like two completely separate things. Because the original idea was more of just basically e-commerce analytics for WooCommerce stores. So just showing you how much you've made, um, some kind of metrics like your refund rate and, and things that you couldn't really get inside of WooCommerce. Um, and that's like always been a priority and still is. But I think like today it's become something a little bit like broader, um, not exactly what I intended it to be, but um, so, so like when, when I started, right, I just wanted to do analytics for commerce. Um, and then I thought, okay, but there's like, when you're running a store, um, there's like two parts to the store. It's like how you run it and then how you can sort of automate things and, and, and grow it. Um, so I think what metric is now, like it, it's sort of serves two purposes. Like one is really just to make sense of it all. Um, like, let you know, like, best performing products, KPIs, um, uh, allow you to like filter through your customers and orders and products uh, and seeing stats like customer LTV. That's like part one. Um, and I think that's always been the goal to do that. But the second part, which I didn't really intend, but now I'm like really committed to um, making possible through metric is like actually running and growing the store, making that process easier. Um, so like not just for store owners, but their team and so metrics kind of ended up like being like a complete order customer product management suite, like completely unintentional. It's just I started needing to like analyze products and customers individually in order to do these like bigger reports. Um, but then I found the value in providing a way to like zero down to an individual order or product. Um, so yeah, and I ended up like adding a team system where there's like different roles of missions. Um, these things called digests, which are like email reports, Slack reports that get sent every day with updates. And then um, one of the funnest things I sort of worked on and like um, just being like really cool to see people interacting with uh, integration. So uh, trying to like pair your WooCommerce or um, WordPress site with other services like Google Analytics and Help Scout, Zendesk, um, Slack. So kind of being the middleman and like facilitating that relationship as well. Nice. Uh, I think I missed some of it. So you said like, why did I build it? Um, pretty much the short answer is like, I help, you know, and, and run and grow one of the biggest WooCommerce stores in the world, like WooCommerce.com. That was my job when I was at uh, WooThemes. And then when it was acquired by Automatic, it continued to be my role. Um, so like we built the software that was running the store that we were then selling the extra software for. It was very like, so uh, inception and just uh, very <laughs> <laughs> many layers of the cake. But 
that didn't mean that we had like an advantage over anyone. Um, our only advantage is that we had a lot of developers and new WooCommerce well, but we still had the same like struggles that every single store owner and WordPress site owner had, which was like performance, um, trying to understand all the data and act on it. And then, and just in general, like stay on top of things like customer service and support. So metrics, like kind of my answer to the problems that I experienced firsthand. And that's just what I imagined other store owners are dealing with. So I, I definitely want to talk about how that pivot came about later on in the episode. That, that sounds pretty interesting. Um, mm-hmm. But first, we, we do love that onboarding process. So let's, let's yeah, talk about that for a little while. Um, <laughs> the first thing that a new customer has to do is connect Metric to their WooCommerce store, right? So when, when mm-hmm. you get a new customer, step one is connecting, right? Yeah. All right. So... What makes that process of connecting a SaaS to WordPress and to WooCommerce so complicated? For for like the person running the application, like in my position, or yeah. for like the user. Okay. Yeah, for you. Yeah, um, there are like a few reasons. Um, there's, but I think there's also like reasons like for both users, um, and as in like store website owners, store owners in my case, um, and for me like developing it. Just for them, like straight up, it's confusing because um, plugins and themes are kind of what's expected and what's normal. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like I need to kind of educate them about what it is, what is a SaaS, why is it not a plugin, and like what's the process like. Um, so I've tried like so hard to make it easier for them by building this sort of onboarding SaaS experience. Uh, but for some users that have been using WordPress a long time, it's just a little bit like they just need to understand it, right? They need to like, acknowledge it and and get their head around it. So that can right. that can be an issue. Um, but yeah, the problems are mainly on my end, um, and there are like quite a lot. I touched on a lot of post status, um, like at the conference. Yeah. But, but yeah, can you take us? Can you take us yeah. through like all the steps, and then yeah, and yeah, then we sure. can kind of address how you how oh, you solve that problem at each step. Yeah, it's a good idea. So like, okay, the first part is just basically there's their store and there's metric and I need a way to connect to this um, to the store to get all the data and analyze it and update orders and everything like that. So um, I sort of looked at it as, as these two moving parts, and I need to like bring them together. Um, the, like the obvious solution is, of course, using uh, the API. Like when I talk about the API, I'm normally often talking about the WooCommerce API that's been in there for several versions now. I think they're there was like three separate initial versions and then the fourth one, which is confusingly called version one of the WooCommerce API, um, <laughs> is extended. It extends like the WordPress um, built-in API. So mm-hmm. before WordPress even had an API in core, um, WooCommerce already had one in the plugin for a while. It wasn't uh, as like sophisticated and elegant as the one that's in there today. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's important to note that it's like been in there for a while, so it's had time to mature. Um, Unlike the WordPress one, which is quite mature, but of course, like still being used for the first time by a lot of people and, and mm-hmm. being grown. But yeah, the WooCommerce one does extend that one. So I needed a way to sort of interact with that, um, the WooCommerce API, the WordPress API, and then more importantly, to like authenticate metric to access the store. So to get permission um, from the store owner um, to, to connect to their site, but I'd want to do that in an elegant way. Um, any of the like existing integrations out there that use the WooCommerce API, I am like confident in saying that like 
maybe 99% higher, like every single one. I don't really know of any others besides metric and a few um, sort of experiments I've seen out there. They all use the WooCommerce API keys, um, which is pretty much just in the WooCommerce admin. You can create a key, it's consumer key, consumer secret, like two long API keys, and you can copy it over to the um, service, and then they can use those to connect to the store. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do that because that's like just really poor practice. Um, and it made sense when it was the only option, but it's not the only option. We have like more sophisticated protocols for authenticating these days. And especially WooCommerce, like it has a really, really good authentication method built in, which I'll talk about a bit after. Um, but, but yeah, that's like sort of covered by WooCommerce. So I needed a way to like to authenticate elegantly and then to handle the differences between all these different sites. Um, but yeah, so my solution was really just ask them for their website, check that it's compatible because I could only support certain WooCommerce versions and certain versions of the API. Um, and if so, connect to it, authenticate, and then like add it as a store, right? Um, that would yeah. be like the process and, yeah, and what I was trying to solve. But the problems I ran into were like quite a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, well, can I touch you tell on some us? Yeah, tell us some of the problems and how you solved it. I mean, it, we, we don't have to get too into the weeds here, but yeah, uh, just yeah. just what are the, the main pain points that people might run into as they're trying to integrate their SaaS yeah, app yeah. with the WordPress API? I can do that. And I like complaining. <laughs> so <laughs> it's easy for me. <laughs> I think it's the only way you get things changed, right? Like by acknowledging it's a problem. Um, yeah. Okay, so yeah. Some of the issues I kind of had were like... Um, one, I wanted to be elegant, so that's just like straight away difficult um, because WordPress in itself is not super elegant. Um, what? <laughs> I know I shouldn't say that, but it's true. Like, there's you know, I wanted to do something that didn't have zip files, didn't have license keys, code, or like trying to um, make sure plugins are compatible. Like, I wanted to just make it. Give me your site, I'll take care of the rest. Like that. Um, I feel like I got there, but yeah, that that on its own was like a big challenge um, because they, you know it's hard to do something that um, there aren't many examples of. It's hard to do something that isn't expected, so that was an issue. Um, but then, like technically, like more of the issues I ran into: um, authentication, server consistency. So, like some servers will handle authentication and credentials differently. Uh, things like SSL, where you think that every e-commerce store in the world these days has um, SSL like set up on their site, but they don't. So I needed to handle that differently um, when they didn't. Then there are a few other things like the plugins have got installed. Um, just the like general environment, I would say, is like how I'd group all those issues. Um, yeah. Because yeah, I, I love doing this comparison where uh, like I built a few apps before and like. There was one I did a while ago. It was called um, Totals for Uber. It's like uber.totals.io. It's like a service where just for free, you connect your Uber account, and then um, it tells you like a whole lot of stats about your Uber rides, like how many rides you've taken, how many hours you've spent waiting or sitting in Ubers, and what types of Ubers you've gotten. When I did that one, it was quite easy um, because I needed to authenticate them, right? But then after that, there was a single API I talked to. It was the Uber API, and it didn't change. It wasn't different based on every user. But building metric, and I think something similar to building any like WordPress, um, SaaS, it, users are going to run into this, um, like this, these issues. But every single site is effectively a different API. They have the same <laughs> endpoints. Um, 
But actually not even, like sometimes I've got different versions of an API, so they even have inconsistent endpoints. Like it's really unpredictable. Um, so like traditional API or well, app development with an API, it's like you're talking to a single API or maybe a couple different APIs for different companies, um, different products. But with this, I'm talking to a single product WooCommerce, but I have to consider that every single store I talk to could be different and is different. Um, so yeah, that makes things really, really difficult because it's unpredictable, inconsistent. So uh, taking it up, up a little or uh, uh, a level higher, um, you know, what was it that made? You, what was your original inspiration for wanting to make a a a better experience? You know, like yes, there's you know at a low yeah. level there's this unbelievable amount of complexity. Uh, as you addressed, you know, in the WordPress world, there are sort of these uh, in the middle solutions that are not as elegant as they could be, but they're good enough, and most people seem to muddle through them. What was your inspiration mm. for, you know, saying there's I'm gonna I'm gonna do better? Really, just like the desire to build a good product. Um, which is always compounded by like the experiences we've had as developers or makers before, like having a bad experience with taxis is what led to Uber um, like being made. And then um, I think that's how all good products sort of come about. So yeah, there are definitely moments where I thought like, you know, I'm spending a lot, a lot of time on this onboarding, like is it necessary? But then when you consider that it's the first point of contact that you have with your users and it sort of sets the tone for the rest of their experience, with your app, which I look at metric as a product that like, is not something you just use and then stop using. It's something that you'll use for the lifetime of your store. So I'm talking about like five to 10 year relationships with stores, as long as metrics really around. So I wanted that first time we met to be like perfect, <laughs> me and the stores. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really just like that desire to build a better product and a better experience. And have you found, uh... Do you feel justified? I mean, have you had customers come back and say, yes, this is amazing? Yeah, yeah, enough, like enough to make it feel like it was worth it. Um, and I like to think a lot of them don't even need to say anything because it was just a smooth process where they didn't even need to ask me a question or they didn't run into any issues. Um, but I feel like, yeah, users really appreciate that. And they can sort of see like, even even in the few cases where like I've had issues um, with that authentication process and I've had to tweak it, especially during the beta. A lot of stores are very um, forgiving, especially because I think they appreciate, they can see the amount of like effort and detail that's been put into the onboarding. So if something goes wrong, like they know I want to fix it, they know I'm willing to work with them to fix it. So yeah, I definitely feel like it's been validated. Nice. Yeah, and just doing this podcast, right, is validation. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> are you still getting any support requests for it or is it like oh, streamlined no. <laughs> to the point now that it's just you know people that that's no longer an issue yeah it's definitely like an issue at the back of my mind now like in the first couple of months i was building it it was sort of every every day like during the beta phase in the first like time i was onboarding um users with like a general release yeah, like every day I was dealing with something, it would be just like a weird error or like, it could be anything. Um, but that was, sure, like daily, um, like as often as I had people trying to connect, one out of two sites would have some small issue. And it's hard because it wasn't directly Metric's fault, but like Metric had to find a way around it. Uh, but now these days, no, like I can't remember the last time I had an issue with it. It would have been a couple uh -huh. months ago, maybe. 
so yeah, it definitely paid off in terms of the time investment. But then like I've got to consider that there's always going to be trade-offs with this approach. Like as new versions of the WooCommerce API and WordPress API and authentication methods become available, like I'm going to have to tweak it and I'm going to have to adjust. But what I love about doing this is it's not like I'm adjusting a plugin and then sending out an update. I'm adjusting a central bit of like code and, and uh, functionality to like that will reflect every single person's connection and store at once. So I don't look at it as like a big burden because it can be solved quite easily on my end. And I definitely appreciate the luxury I have there that a lot of plugins in WordPress products don't have. Yeah, so was that part of your um, initial uh, reasoning at, to make it a SaaS rather than a WordPress plugin? Yeah, that was definitely probably the biggest part, just having complete control over the actual product that users are using. Um, and then, and of course, like the other factors, like what metric does technically would be impossible in a plugin, um, just in terms of one, the onboarding, but more than anything, just the way it analyzes data and stuff. Like it's looking, you're able to like have a hundred thousand orders or customers and in like a second, be able to get all the customers who have spent a certain amount or bought a certain number of items, um, live in a certain place or orders for a certain product. Like those kind of things are just impossible inside of, um, WordPress and like the kind of data structure that WordPress and WooCommerce has. And those things are definitely like heading in direction where it's getting better. But I always give this example. I think I gave it at first status, but I'll give it again for everyone listening. Like if you were running a store, um, like a physical store, cafe, maybe a clothing shop, whatever it is, you wouldn't have like your accountant standing there next to you going through all the orders as they came in and trying to like give you totals and analyze it and tell you what customers are buying. Like that's saying that normally in the, like for a physical store, you would analyze after or your accountant would like tell you at the end of the month, like how you did that. It doesn't happen like at the same time as when you're actually communicating and selling to customers. But for every single WooCommerce store out there, not using metric um, or a similar solution, that's exactly what they're doing. Like they're running their store. It's online. People are going there to try to look for items and maybe buy something. And at the same time, they're in the back end trying to analyze it all, process orders. Those things are happening in the same place. And, almost like asking for trouble <laughs> because yeah those in my opinion those things should be separated so i like to think that even as um wordpress and WooCommerce heads in direction which i fully encourage like you know better performance and scaling um that metric will still like sort of serve the purpose of abstracting that data outside of wordpress and providing like a, a really great ui and experience and, and that the performance improvements um just over like managing the store yeah nice do you um what, what are some of the other areas of the app that you might not have had a chance to show off at publish but um you know that that you think are are also crucial for for a, you know a great customer experience yeah um there's a lot and like it's stuff that i'm working on like every day there's a lot of stuff that you can't really see behind the scenes um but I really am quite proud of like how I've managed to get everything to stay in sync. Um, if we're still talking about, you know, that kind of um, user experience, maintaining like um, the integrity of the data between the store and metric, like making sure it's always up to date in metric, that it's not missing anything, um, that, you know, orders that came in and some reason didn't make it to metric eventually get added all automatically. Like that's a really technically challenging process. Um, 
and and I'm, I'm like I've solved it. Um, like I'm quite confident that I've solved it now because I don't have issues with it. But it wasn't easy, <laughs> and it's all sort of happening behind the scenes, so no one really gets to see it or appreciate <laughs> it. But personally, I'm very like proud of it, and it's constantly being tweaked like to get it better, um, to make it more like, efficient. But that's definitely part of the like the kind of magic of improving the experience because if you're a user and you're like using the service to analyze and manage your store and then orders are missing that's an awful awful experience so just being able to not let that happen i think is a good experience um but then yeah there's a bunch of other stuff i'm doing there's actually like one thing i'm working on right at the moment i was like at 12 o'clock last night just putting the last um tweaks to it but that's just like a sort of tools and connection area inside the settings where you can like refresh the webhooks, um, which will commerce users to talk to metric, or you can like reimport some items like categories and and a few other things like making sure your connections all up to date. Like I think those kind of self service tools are really valuable um, from my perspective in terms of avoiding customer support and also the user's experience being able to like solve the problem as quickly as possible. Um, even for me though, like I'm online like. As long as I'm awake, I'm like available on live chat on metric. Like I'm a firm believer in that kind of proactive and like very instant support. Um, if I can offer it, and, you know, ideally if I were in metric to a point where I can hire someone, they'd be taking the other eight hours when I'm sleeping. Um, so you, there'd be like that 24 seven support from a plugin, a product, sorry, with two staff. Um, but yeah, like, of course there are times when I'm asleep and <laughs> someone wants to do something. So I'm trying to provide as many of those tools that enable customers to be um, efficient on their own and like be able to take care of issues on their own. But yeah, mm -hmm. there are many. So it's sort of like putting a Band-Aid on a wound that hasn't really opened, but just in case. Sure. Um, well, and, and so talking to, you know, talking to customers uh, and, and as you mentioned, you're, you're building, constantly building features. How are you vetting uh which features you should build, which features you shouldn't. Is it just by gut or from user feedback or, uh, yeah. you know, what, what's helping you make those decisions? Definitely like the most high impact features get priority. It's hard when you're just one person and it's like one person, not just doing the development of the product and engineering, but like support marketing, like you wear all those hats. And that's the same kind of struggles that any, any like founder of a startup or product goes through. So I, I don't think they're unique to metric, <laughs> but um, those are yeah issues I have to deal with. And, and when I do get time to, to do development work, which isn't what it used to be, like it isn't all day. Like now I just don't have that time because I've got to do all these other things. Um, I really got to prioritize and it's difficult. I think um, the key way is just like looking, yeah, what's going to be the most high impact feature or change I can make. Um, the moment I've been spending a couple of weeks in probably spend a couple of weeks more uh, is on like WooCommerce subscriptions integration. Uh, WooCommerce subscriptions has always been supported from day one because it handles things in a um, very expected way, like with, in terms of it has orders for renewals and, and it uses all like the same conventions as WooCommerce. So I've had um, users of WooCommerce subscriptions, my first even beta tester, which was um, Brian from PostStatus, he runs WooCommerce subscriptions, but he's been using metrics since day one. So it hasn't really been an issue in terms of like unusable for those users, but there's still a lot more I could do. So one of the bigger features, yeah, I've been working on is just like deep integration with it, which involves like actually viewing all the subscriptions in metric, um, filtering by them, exporting them, and then subscription related reports and 
per product subscription data, like a whole bunch of stuff like that. So for me, that's very high impact because it's going to improve the experience of like half my users overnight. Um, already I've been like beta testing it with a couple users and they're like really soaked with it. So that would be probably how I do it. But then at the same time, like I can't let every other user that's not using subscriptions go without um, an improvement for a month. So I'm constantly just looking at little things that can improve or bugs um, and, and just trying to, to do that. So definitely like the most important thing is high impact features, but then there's a balance where you look at a feature and say, this could take me an hour, but it's going to have a high impact on just a couple users, maybe I can do it. Um, yeah, that's my approach for sure. So was the subscriptions feature, was that requested by a bunch of people or was that something like that you just intuitively knew that people would use and would yeah. would appreciate because you had so many customers that were uh, using WooCommerce subscriptions? Combination, yeah. I mean, I knew from day one before I'd even told anyone about metric and I was just developing it like in quiet um, after I left automatic like and I started on I was like I knew that eventually I would need to do something uh, special there with like subscriptions reports because especially subscriptions are a very resource intensive thing to kind of report and analyze um, so I knew that would be like a really good thing to the metric to be able to do but it could never really prioritize it until um, now but yeah it's definitely I would say like hmm, I don't know the specific numbers, but more than more than a few users that are running subscriptions have mentioned it. Where there are just even certain things that like they don't they don't it's maybe it's not that they need like subscription reports right now, but I do some things like I've got an integration with Google Analytics where you can take your Google Analytics store, I'm sorry, your Google Analytics account, um, website, and then it'll go back historically and look at your um, Google Analytics data from as long as you've been tracking it and compare it to your store data for as long as you've had it and then tell you your conversion rate over the lifetime of the store even though you've just oh, set wow. metric up today yeah it's a really cool feature um something i was like pretty excited yeah. about adding because i think conversion rate tracking at least for me it's always been something like a second thought um and it's effort to set up and maintain and it's never really quite accurate because you're just sending google events after orders have happened and it's not really up to date so i never really bothered with it when i was running stores because it's like a lot of effort for um, minimal game that then I had to like stay on top of and keep up to date. Uh, but yeah, I was able to solve that. Really cool feature, really happy with that. But <laughs> the problem is it's like comparing orders um, and views to get the conversion rate, which isn't really what you need to do for a subscription store because a good percent of their orders, 70, 80% of them are renewal orders, not like right. the new first order. Um, so for them, some of them had like conversion rates up to like 50, 60%, which obviously is not yeah. accurate. <laughs> so that actually brings up an important question. I think like mm -hmm. once you're developing these new features, your application just has larger and larger surface area that needs to be maintained. And especially when you're a small team that can, that can really be a problem. So, mm. uh, are you... Are you taking that into account when you're building out features or are you like, okay, this feature was requested, so I'm just going to build it and then I'll, I'll deal with whatever the support <laughs> cost is when it yeah. comes. I try not to worry about it too much. I, I like to think that if you build the feature well, um, so that it, I have like a lot of features that are really useful for telling like what countries um, end up spending more money at your store. But if you're only selling to one country, like a lot of stores do, like you don't need that. So 
I think as long as you give a lot of thought to the feature as it's being built and consider like, do I need to show this for everyone? If not, like, should I hide it based on certain conditions? It ends up being okay. Um, like there are a lot of features in metric that metric users would never have seen before just because they, they don't, they're not, they don't apply. Like they're not, um, it's just not a feature that would help them or would more do more harm than like help them. So I don't even show it to them to start with. Um, but yeah, that's a consideration for sure. I'm definitely more in the camp of just build it and then solve it later. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Because yeah, I think if I can make a user happy and make their experience better today, like I don't want to hesitate to do that. Um, as long as there's also some care put into it, so it's not a burden for all the other users. Right. Yeah. The concern is that the other users would then try to use that feature and yeah. not understand it the way your your target user. Exactly. So Ben just not to show it. them from the start. Okay, gotcha. Nice. Well, there's obviously a ton of stuff that we could ask you about, but we're coming up on our, <laughs> our half hour mark. Um, but I wanted to okay. ask you if, uh, you know, it's always fun to, to look into the future. Are there plans for expanding beyond WooCommerce, looking at, at other <laughs> platforms, that kind of thing? You probably knew this one was coming. <laughs> I get asked it a lot, and it's a very fair question. Um, mainly in the WordPress space, I get asked about easy digital downloads because it's very popular in the WordPress space. Um, and, you know, just a lot of, like, influential people in the WordPress space are using it. So I get asked a lot. Um, easy to downloads, actually, now that we brought it up, was, like, I worked on that even before I even uh, knew about WooCommerce. Like I remember when Pippin was first developing it and sort of like posting on Twitter, oh, like I'm, you know, I'm starting this new like digital downloads kind of e-commerce product. Uh, does anyone want to like build themes or plugins for it or help or anything? And I built, even then I wasn't, I was a really bad developer. I still got a long way to go, but even then I was really, really awful. And I remember I built like a plugin for it and something like that. So um, that one's definitely close to home, but it's, honestly, it's not a priority just because like I've, I've got to build this one product really well before I start to build other products um, that aren't amazing. And like it's always been like deeply integrated with WooCommerce from day one, like just the way that WooCommerce, the conventions it uses to handle orders and products and stuff, like it's been a consideration for Metric. So maybe um, like I do think like the tools that Metric provides um, – like it offers a lot of advantages to stores on all different platforms, um, Shopify, easy to downloads, everything. So I guess just a matter of considering like when that's going to be a priority, when I'll have the capacity for it, how do I do it elegantly? So it's not like a burden on any other users and like a burden on me for development. Um, and then of course, like the question, do I just make it into a separate product? Like almost like clone metric, tweak it and release it under maybe even a different name. Um, but focusing on a different product. Like that's definitely something I've thought about. Seeing the hard work in terms of actually like doing the reports and management is done. Um, but yeah, it's on the table. It's just not a, there's like a lot more work to, to happen, a lot more stuff to come before. Like I feel like I can do that, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah. So before we go, is there anything that you'd like to see changed in WordPress to more easily allow SaaS platforms to connect to it or, or WooCommerce? Yeah, um, definitely. Well, WooCommerce is a really good place because that authentication process is just like Claudio, who was the developer that like sort of worked on that and made the um, OAuth like screen interface that um, 
metric sans users to, to, to give metric permission for their WooCommerce store. Um, that's really good. And it's a little, like, I wouldn't say challenging, but sure, it takes some time to integrate with. But once you get it going, like as you saw, it, it can provide a really nice onboarding experience. So I don't think WooCommerce has a lot of work to do there, but I feel like WordPress and WooCommerce in general, um, they definitely could do more to sort of normalize um, the concept of like these SaaS products and like using the API and like maybe that's a matter of education or um, providing more like tools and stuff to make that possible. Even just on like WordPress.org, there's like the plugins repository. What about services repository? Um, like I think th those are all different like approaches that could come from WordPress and then of course even more so from these commercial products like WooCommerce could like maybe do more to promote um, integrations like metric that are conventional in that it's not like a zip file you download, but it provides a, you know, a lot better experience. Um, it's a lot more like sustainable and scalable. Uh, yeah. And then even more than that, like I think um, WordPress plugins in general, like if you're, if you're like in charge or developing like a very big or not even that big, but like it's, you know, a WordPress plugin used by a lot of people, uh, it should be a priority to like add an API to it um, so that people can interact with it. Like maybe for me with Metric, I want to integrate with some other plugins out there um, that they're running on their store. So I need those APIs in order to talk to those plugins. So mm -hmm. yeah, if every plugin, like all the, at least the top, like, you know, a few hundred plugins had APIs, I think WordPress could head in a really, really great direction. Interesting. Yeah. Great. Well, and on that note, a very good, positive, future-looking note, I think. Um, <laughs> Bryce, where uh, where can where can people find you online? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, of course, like Metric, if they want to use that, it's metric.com, M-E-T-O-R-I-K.com. Me, personally, I'm pretty much just on Twitter, um, twitter.com slash Bryce Adams. Uh, but I am posting a lot these days on like metric.com slash behind, which is sort of like my transparency behind the scenes blog, very inspired like Buffer and Bear Metrics and other companies out there that are really transparent. So I'm, I'm posting a lot there just on the kind of like struggles that you go through building a product, building a startup, especially in the WordPress WooCommerce space and, um, and like sharing more numbers there about customers and revenue. So awesome. definitely keep an eye on both. <laughs> Great. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to meet with us today. We, uh, we really appreciate all your insights. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. That was another episode of The Matt Report. I hope you learned something. I hope you got something out of it. It means a lot when somebody actually learns something from the conversations that I have here. Either personal gains or business gains, whatever it might be. Just learning your way in the crazy world of WordPress. That's why I do it. I couldn't do it without my audience. I couldn't do it without my sponsors as well. So please go ahead and thank the sponsors. Use the services uh, that I've mentioned in these episodes. I really vet them and make sure that they're only putting out good products with great support and they really care about the WordPress community. That's why I've chosen them. So it means a lot if you go ahead on Twitter and tell them that you heard them on the Matt Report podcast. As always, mattreport.com slash subscribe to join the mailing list. It's the number one way to stay connected. I send private videos there to my newsletter. It's really becoming much more than just a boring old newsletter. So I hope I can see you over there. And the best thing that you can do for the show is head on over to iTunes, search for WordPress podcast. Leave me a five-star review if you enjoy the episode. I'd really appreciate it. We'll see you in the next episode.